This is Jim Baranda, and you are listening to Third Shift. Hey, this is Joe King from Gearbox, and you're listening to the Third Shift. Hey, this is Randy Varnell from Gearbox Software, and you're listening to Third Shift. Hey, this is Oscar Mike, and you're listening to Fourth Shift. No, you idiot. Uh, uh, Second Shift. Oh my God, you are so stupid. Everyone, this is Isaac. You're listening to Third Shift. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 200 of Third Shift. We are live on the Gosh Golly Fimes right now for the first time in a long time. I don't even remember how long it's been, but it's me. You get to see me and my glorious face. It's me, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me. It's Matt. I was going to get my hair cut for this episode so I'd look all fresh and cool, but the wait on my app said it was going to be like 116 minutes, and I went, no, sorry. So you get hat, Matt. You get to see my glorious face, though. With me, as always... It's my buddy, Eric, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bear bringer. He's there on the other side. I can't see him because that's just how tech setups work, but you can see him. So while you're seeing him, why don't you, Eric, tell the people how your week was, my friend? This week has been amazing. Very stressful, in fact, because Matt said, hey, somebody that listens to the show said, we, I really want you guys to go live again. And I went, oh, I don't really want that. It's scary. It's difficult. I don't know how to use computers, even though I have like this huge stupid rig here. And but as mm-hmm. Matt knows, and he can tell you, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have fifty thousand cords going everywhere, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> trying to make it work. Oh man, it's been a week watching video after video, trying to anything I can think of to make something go. Here we are, we're at least live. It ain't what it should be, but by golly, I did something. <laughs> Beyond that, we of course started the quarter in at work. Blah, no fun there, don't care, not talking about it, just terrible. But in the real world, we have been playing some video games. We have been prepping for our next camping trip. I had to haul my camper all the way across to you know town, well, all the way across town, meaning about two hours away, dumped it off. I was like, hey, I want you guys to fix this and do this and put a coating on because you told me to every four to five years. And then she, the lady said, oh, sure, no problem. Well, and I drove away, and then she calls me and is like, hey, you know, that stuff's like six, 700 bucks, so, you know, you're going to want to do that. And I was like, what? And, uh, well, I mean, I already drove and t- dropped it off. I, I uh, And then proceeds to tell me, you know, if, like, your camper is looking really sh- spark, shiny and all uh, beautiful, you know, you could really wait until you start to see, like, some degeneration before you come in and do that. And I'm like, well, okay, well, now I know. To never take it in again. Just keep it until it starts to be craptacular again, which probably be, what, 8, 10 years? Well, guess what? I'm buying a new camper when that happens anyway. So, lesson learned. If you're buying a camper, don't worry about taking it in to be resurfaced, repolished, whatever you want to call it, for a long time. I mean, your kids are this big right now. Mm-hmm. So, in 8 to 10 years, you're going to need, like, a triple-sized camper anyway, even if they still do want to go camping with Even you. if they want to come, yeah, regardless. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be a win-win then, but it does suck because it's going to be a lot of money uh, getting those repairs done. Hey, the who's, it's still all right because now we're going to be going on a freshly sparkling, minty clean, ready-to-go camper the following weekend when we go camping once again after this whole storm is over with. And in the game in front, 
Guess what? We've been playing Persona 5 Royal. Not that much, though, because, like I told you, I was trying to get this around. I also been playing a whole bunch of Borderlands 3 because, hey oh, the new DLCs arrived, which we're going to talk about later on in the show. And then Control. I've been getting there, rocking and rolling, having a good time. It, it comes and goes for me. Like, that game's fantastic, but there's moments where I'm like, all right, you know, I've already done this. I want to get going, get one. But anytime Ati, the old janitor, rolls in, Oh, it's just game on. Anytime the threshold kids come on the screen, yeah. I'm laughing, loving, enjoying life every minute of it. So just the the moment to moment and the and the cool scenes whenever you first enter the area, that never gets old either. The yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. So great game. I'm still having fun playing it again. And of course, if you didn't know, the reason I'm playing it again is because my computer went poop and I lost all my saves, all my data, everything. And I want to play Foundation, which is out in all, which is coming out very, very soon. So I got to get in there and do those because they are going to be fantastic because it's, of course, Remedy and they're freaking awesome. And that's what I've been doing this week besides living your normal day to day, hanging out with family. You know the rigmarole on that. What about you, Matt? Uh, This week has been pretty terrible. I'm not going to go into that either, but it was a really bad week, especially like over my birthday weekend. It was really stressful and haggard. Uh, things are better now, but now that things are better, I'm at work doing quarter end. Again, we're not going to talk about that because I might get fired if I say quarter end sucks and I hate my job on the show. Oh my God, please don't fire me. But in the video game front, which is the only positive front there is, been playing some Animal Crossing New Horizons like I always do. Uh, I'm excited because they do have a new summer update, which I think dropped yesterday at some point, but I didn't have a chance to download it, which unlocks like swimming and like picking stuff up off the ocean floor and a new Uh character that can come in and like you trade your scallops with them to get unique new items and you can, you know, take your sea life to the museum and open up a whole nother wing. Well, not another wing, but a whole nother area of the aquarium. And that's just fun to do. I think I've actually. Oh, I actually, yeah, just last night I finished off the fossils. I was missing like one piece for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I finally got it. So that one's done. feels really good. I mean, it's it's still just a blast to play. Just when I want to just zone out and have a good, wholesome time and just not really think about stuff, but just, you know, you're going to an island, you're going to spend some time with some animals, do your daily duties, and then and then you're done. It's It's nice and it's easy. You don't have to think about it a lot. Outside of that, haven't really been playing anything. I need to get back into Horizon Zero Dawn because I started those two streams of it. But I've I also want to play it off stream to get some side quests done, and I just haven't had the time or energy to devote to doing that to even you know start doing some story missions on it again. But what I did do yesterday was I set up basically did a stream just to test out a little Discord interaction, trying to figure out a way for when we go live it to post into Discord and say, hey, the guys are live, check them out. So to test out that, I streamed some Yakuza 5 Remastered for the first time in like four months. I was going off my save game data. I was like, holy crap, this last saved in the end of March. Like right when all this coronavirus stuff started happening, I stopped playing that to play Persona 5 Royal, obviously. And man, playing Yakuza, again, just feels so good. It felt like the first time I had ever played Yakuza. And hey, shout out to you, Code Cadwallader, in the chat Happy 200th. Thanks for joining us, buddy. I'm glad we actually got it going. It may not be 100%, but it's going just for you out of your request. So there you go. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Thanks to you, I had to work. (laughs) (laughs) But back to Yankaza. It felt fresh. It felt new. I was hitting combo moves that I probably had already, but I just forgot about them. And it was just, 
It was amazing. It felt so cool. Doing the side quest of the people sliding down the oh, sidewalk. Oh, that was ridiculous. What the hell was even happening? <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Because it, it takes place in the town in Hokkaido where it's snowy and cold. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, the, the streets are covered with ice. You got to like take this big giant bowl of ramen on this tray to the dude down the street. I have no idea what that was about anyway. And it was just like, oh, make sure you walk really slow and people just slide. Oh, you got to watch the replay. If you didn't see it live, go check it out. That's the, it was the best thing I've seen in God only knows how long. This time away months. home. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the best. Uh, it was fantastic. So I'm going to end the week on a fantastic note there. Together as a team this week, I don't say this a lot, but we did the Shifter Monthly Topic. If you are on the Patreon at the $5 tier, you got to hear how our 2020 resolutions have been going. I won't spoil it because you got to listen to it on the Patreon to get the actual news we had a fun time. It was a fun discussion. Fun revisiting our past selves, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always uh, it's always nice taking a look back, and then of course help, it keeps us uh, accountable for what the hell we're doing and saying, which is always nice. So of mm-hmm. course we mentioned stuff like that too, and I'm not going to talk any more on it because, hey, like we said, that's for the patrons. But then in the in the extended gaming universe this week, you know, we'd like to do a little bit of releases here and there and everywhere. And I didn't find anything really new. I could have cheated and said, oh man, this cool game that we play, it's got uh, DLC out. Uh, It's pretty cool. We'll talk about it later. But I found that The Messenger has finally released on Xbox One, I think as of the 25th of June, so just last week. And I've talked about The Messenger a lot on here, but mostly on What You Play in Third Shift. If you don't know it, it's developed by Sabotage Studio, published by Devolver Digital. It's that Ninja Gaiden looking game where you go between 8-bit and 16-bit And I just got to say, if you've never played it before, you need to play it. This is one of those indie games everybody has to play. I love it. I adore it. I know Eric's played through about half of it. He thinks it's great and it's awesome. So you got endorsements, bringing endorsements from two of the best podcasters in the entire business. But if you don't know anything about it, it's it comes off as a like a really tough platformer slash like timing based action game, and it is to some extent. But I find that when I I think I mentioned it the last time I talked about it. It's not hard like, I mean, it's hard. You die a lot, but it's not frustrating because you get into kind of a flow state when you're playing the messenger of it's kind of more rhythm based. You jump and you hit and you jump again and you use a tool and you jump and you hit and you cross these wild obstacles or beat these crazy bosses that you had no idea you could do. So it's hard to explain, but watch some gameplay of it, especially watch some high level gameplay of it. And you'll be like, oh my God, I could never do that. But when you play it, you actually can. So it it is it is released now for the Xbox One. I believe the Picnic Panic DLC is going to be free for for Xbox One users as well. But the one thing I would say is, you know, if you do want to wait for a sale, you can obviously get it cheap on the other consoles it's been released on. But I am in the Sabotage Studios Discord for the their uh, Sea of Stars game that's coming out, and they were talking about that and saying, "Hey, congratulations! We released Messenger on Xbox One." And then the next post from one of the devs was, "Now to work on the like super complete director's cut edition." I went, "Well, but you just released it. Are you going to double dip?" So maybe maybe keep an eye out for that, or just get it for cheap on any of the other platforms because it's out for everything. It's a fantastic game. It's beautiful. Awesome graphics in that 8-bit and 16-bit style. Amazing music. I, I turn on the soundtrack on my phone while I'm you know, making dinner or doing the dishes or something, and I just rock out and have a great time. I'm thinking about getting it like on vinyl, so if I ever get a record player, I can just like, you know, be working in my garage as a hard-working Michigan man and just have messenger music just spinning in the background. Oh, so good. It's, it's fantastic. It's awesome. 
You can't go wrong with that. And of course, speaking of fantastic, Matt, you're jumping right into my game. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone knows about it. You knew I was probably going to bring it up. That's The Last of Us 2. Of course, published by Sony, developed by Naughty Dog. Came out June 19th for the PlayStation only. This is an exclusive if you don't have the PlayStation, you are SOL. Now, everyone knows about The Last of Us Part 1, of course. Who doesn't? It's been talked about for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. You were in a little tale about Joel and Ellie going on this trip cross freaking well, it wasn't cross country, but a long distance, doing a mission, getting Ellie where she needs to be, then you were going to drop her off, but Joel, of course, falls in love with her as a daughter, not as a lover. She's a young kid, yeah, mind the, you, don't, don't, don't get any, yeah, it was don't gonna, get It was going to get people. weird. Don't make it exactly. weird. Exactly. Anywho, stuff happens, things go down, spoiler alerts, because you should have already played Last of Us 1, there's no excuse. Joel ends up, instead of leaving her to die and, of course, possibly get a cure for everybody because she's immune to baddies, he goes and murders all the hospital folk there to save her, gets her out. Game ends. There you go. Two picks up years and years and years and years later. Joel's there, Ellie's there, all sorts of new people are there. Stuff happens. Not going to tell you what happens because that would be spoiling the game. It's a very, very dark game, but, of course, you all should know that because the first one was. It's a... I don't want to call it, you think Metal Gear Solid sort of, you kind of stealth around third person, you're over the shoulder, you kind of go around, you get these set pieces for you, and then you get the baddies, you'll see them, and you can use your little uh, hearing vision to, you know, oh, there's one in that room, there's one in this room, you sneak around room to room, come up behind them, bleh, or you could just go shoot them in the face over and over until they're all dead, but... Let me tell you, that's a bad way to do things because you get shot up real bad. It's not good. It encourages you to be sneaky, and I hate sneaky. This is why I will never play The Last of Us or The Last of Us Part 2 again because I don't like it, Matt. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm cracking up because I know exactly what you're saying. But when you say you use your hearing vision to see the people, I'm like, like a little like a little like robot eyeball comes out of your ears. Like, oh, I'm your hearing vision. It's, it sounds wrong, but you are 100% right. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Every video game does it anymore. It's just standard practice. Anyways, the game itself, the first one was awesome, but not my jam. The second one, I'm watching, mind you, not playing. I decided that's where I'd compromise that because the story itself is pretty cool, pretty awesome, pretty unique. It has its own take on zombies because, by the way, folks, these aren't zombies. This fungus has gotten inside of people, and it controls them. And then it starts to mutate them and change them over time into like clickers and shamblers and other baddies that you'll see as you're playing. And they all have their own unique abilities, which you got to pay attention to and then figure out how to stay away from and or take them out so that you don't end up dead. It's all really fun, all really cool. You can pick up bottles, distract people, the whole standard practice. You get hunting rifles, shotguns, pistols, all sorts of weapons, bats, you know, the, the whole gamut. And there you go. The story unfolds. It isn't pleasant. It is downright brutal sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of twists and turns in this one, which, if you don't know, has a lot of the community up in a roar. You know, a lot of the uh, player base, you know, whether it's real or just people that want to hate on the game or hating on it, I don't know. But a lot of, you know, players are actually really upset with the way things are going down. But the critics have been just praising the game left and right, calling it a masterpiece, probably game of the year. Except for that's a lie because Ghost of Tsushima, we all, we all know is going to be Obviously, game of the year. You yeah. know, you ever heard of Ghost of Tsushima, folks? Game of the year material right there. Well, and, and plus, and plus for third shift game of the year, uh, Persona 5 Royal came out this oh, year. Oh, so that's it's a over. hands down. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's off the table regardless, no matter what. 
But anyways, that's a it's a cool game. It, it, the graphics are freaking phenomenal. The soundtrack in there so far is really good. All the ambient noises are just really on point, especially the gunplay and the uh, the human sounds. Really, really just gets you into that game. I'd check it out if I were you. I'd definitely at least go watch a couple videos if it's piqued your interest. But if you haven't played either one or two, you definitely want to start with one because otherwise you're really not going to understand the motivations or uh, get all the good feels that uh, you will if you understand the characters. And also, Last of Us 1 is the game everybody loves and not everybody hates like Last of Us 2. So be starting with the good one, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win for all of us. So go check it out. Last of Us 2 or Last of Us 1 if you haven't played Part 2. Then get on to Part 2. It's out as we speak. PlayStation exclusive. Really cool game. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of really cool things, we got another Twitch Prime sub in the Twitch chat from our buddy Real10K Beers. And that's the perfect Woo! segue because Real10K Beers is the official shift code provider for the third shift discord and we got a, a plethora a, a panoply a cornucopia of shift codes this week we got shift codes for golden keys and borderlands game of the year edition borderlands 2 borderlands the pre-sequel and borderlands 3 so you know what i'm gonna say hit up the twitter the reddit the forums the instagram hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot in any kind of game it doesn't even matter what game you play get some free loot in ghost of tsushima probably i don't know who knows? You just need to get that free loot. Go pop them keys, get them in the old chest boxes, and go bloop, 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 and get it. And while you're out there popping around things, blowing up stuff, head on over to that Steam sale because Bulletstorm right now is like 90% off. You're getting it for pennies on the dollar, folks. Cheaper and cheap. And we've raved about this game for years. A lot of fun. Vulgar, silly, stupid in parts. Just awesome good times the multiplayer is really fun we've had tons of nights of just going in there wrecking shop having a great time with it for a few bucks you're 100 percent getting your money's worth there, there's no doubt in my mind you're going to come away happy and if you don't it's because you're just a bad person and i don't i can't help you with that problem you know, speaking of bad people, you're a bad person for continuing to talk about how good that multiplayer is. Because every time you do, I think, God damn, we got to reinstall that. We got to play it again because it's so good and so fun. And I don't have, well, I have enough room on my hard drive, but I don't have enough free time to be playing another dang multiplayer game. And it just makes me sad every time you bring it up, but it makes me happy and then sad. And I don't like this roller coaster of emotions, dude. I don't appreciate it. Hey, I'm in the same boat because I was like, man, I should boot it back up and play the campaign again. It only took me like seven, eight hours to rock through it that second time. I'd love to go back through as Duke again, just hear the oh, lines, yeah. just have a good time murdering folks. What's to lose? But then I'm like, Eric, that's seven hours you should be putting into Control, into Final Fantasy VII Remake, which you have to play and beat again because you you know lost your save at the freaking last boss. So, ah. <sighs> Yeah, and of course I have tons more to do in Borderlands 3. <laughs> but our buddy Steve Cadwallader does have a good point. Even in the chat he says, Bulletstorm is a blast. He knows it, we know it, you should know it too. Get it for 90% off on Steam. If you have it somewhere else, you might as well just get it here. It's like two bucks, who cares? So that's almost free. Something that is free, that's really cool, and is for a game that not a lot of people were playing and should get some more attention. Our buddy Lowlines, who now works with Gearbox, like transnationally from Australia, or did he move down there? I don't know, but he released his Battleborn model viewer now. We talked about it months and months ago when he was like, hey, here's a beta peek at it, and he showed off Oscar Mike and like his gun and how you could you know, you know, basically view the models. You can rotate them any kind of which way. You can put the add-ons on them. It's now officially released. I don't have the link. I should put it in the show notes, but I, uh, I'll have to hunt it down. But definitely go check out Lowlines. I think his name is Richard Devereaux on Twitter, at Lowlines. 
check it out, especially if you love Battleborn. If you want to see those characters come to life and see some see some animation, see some add-ons on them. If you want to play around with them, I know our buddy Mental Mars was showing off some uh, screenshots that he got to do. I think Oscar Mike was doing some taunts, and he you know got a freeze frame of it and was like, "Oh, Joe King, bring it!" You know, his doing that usual stuff. So if you want to relive some Battleborn fun. Do it for free while you're at work. Just alt-tab over to Low Lines and his Battleborn model viewer. Good stuff there. And and a good dude to shout out. Low Lines has been around forever. He's been around since we've been around. So give him some props. Give him some love. Indeed, you should give him some love. And, of course, speaking of add-ons, you need to add on your face, people. All right? You need to head on over there to Gearbox, throw five bucks their way, donate to the whole COVID fund, and you'll get some in-game face masks for your characters in Borderlands 3. What's the beat about that? And then while you're there, you can also just go buy actual real face masks from Gearbox Loot and get yourself some real face masks for real life while you're traveling around so you don't be coughing, spreading them germs all over the place and screwing people you shouldn't be screwing over. All right? Get it done. And things you should get done is your resume. You should get your applications ready because Gearbox now has a whole other slew of job postings up. I think they were talking about community manager, brand manager, influencer manager, and then, you know, designers and artists and developers and all the cool stuff. So if you, if you put together a really cool, like, claptrap loot box with your resume in it, like our buddy Joe King did, which you heard about on episode like 104 way back in the day, if you have that, send it to Gearbox. They will hire you. That's a Joe King guarantee. And cause just check out the job <laughs> postings anyway. Even if you don't have that, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on. If Joe King guarantees <laughs> Joe you will King get King. hired if you do exactly what he did. And don't add us if it doesn't go right. Go at Joe. That's King. right. Never okay. at me at Joe King exactly. exactly. <laughs> but definitely go check out those job postings. We all know Gearbox are great people. Obviously, it's an amazing, fun place to work. You've seen the pictures. You've heard from the developers on the show. So go check it out. If you got any skills, go get. Abilities to pay, pay the, the bills, bills by hiring. That's right. By getting That's hired. I don't know. About. Look, whatever. W- while you're putting together that resume, which I'm not going to do because it's super stressful and I don't want to mess with it. It's too hard. Plus, I don't have any skills, you know, so what's the point? You should be <laughs> popping on some brand new music from the Borderlands 3 soundtrack, folks. Mm-hmm. It's out. Go buy it. I'm telling you right now, we'll mention it when we do a little breakdown of how we enjoyed this uh, DLC overall. The music is fantastic. Every single song, every single noise in this whole DLC was on point, rocking and rolling. So if you want it at home, now's the time. Go pick it up before they're gone, because who knows how long they'll last. Definitely check that out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, all the other stuff. So treat your ears to that, and then treat your eyeballs to some art up on the art station. Hey, remember the art station where they put all that Borderlands 3 concept art? I almost said Bulletstorm 3. I was getting too excited Mm -hmm. thinking about Bulletstorm again. But if you checked out the Borderlands 3 concept art from all the different artists, I know they directly linked to one of the artists' page with a lot of Bounty of Blood DLC 3 artwork, a lot of concept art for Rose, concept art for Juno, which I thought was outstanding. I really love the concepts for Juno. I kind of like those better than the actual in-game model. That's exactly what I was thinking. But definitely go check it out. It's There's only a few items up there from that artist for now. I'm sure they're going to be adding a whole lot more from you know the whole team, just like they did last time. But it's really cool. Go check it out. It's it's a great time. Now, we're moving out of the old hear-haw, hear-haw, moving into these patch notes, Matt. And, of course, in the order of operations, I don't really know still what you're talking about, except for the most buffs in regards to myself. Mm-hmm. In general, I don't know if there's ones I missed, but the big actual buffs to Moe's, 
and what made me what I am today, I do want to bring up because I didn't get to gush about it last time around because I hadn't played really. Okay. Mose is a powerhouse now, everybody. I mean, with what they did to her and what they popped up and oh, yeah, yeah. I got in there and I was like, all right, let me get hop in Iron Bear like I always do and just dink around a little bit. I am murdering people left and right. In fact, it's so nice that how it's always been for me is I've, I'd rather not be an Iron Bear. All time. Not be an Iron Bear. Be in regular mode because I did just way more damage. Iron Bear was just a distraction, basically. It is the complete opposite now. Now, Iron Bear wrecks face. So I'll pop in and I'm just murdering whole screens of baddies. And then because of the longevity of you know her, her staying out now, I basically clear the field before I'm even out. And then by the time I jump out, I'm still at like 75%. So yeah. by the time I get to the next room, she's right back up. I'm popping in. It feels right. It feels like what Moe's was supposed to be, where Iron Bear was, you know, part of her, you know, just like how Death Trap was, you know, the whole shtick last time around, except for that's kind of not accurate because endgame Death Trap wasn't there, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It was supposed to be no, something no, no, always No, right. no, That's a lie. In true yeah, Vault Hunter mode, Death Trap one-shots bosses. We know that. We've told the story does. a million times. We've told it a million times. But, you know, that was just for us. Most folks said it wasn't there for them. We're special. But anywho, I just wanted to bring that part up because it was fantastic and I hadn't got to play until recently with the DLC and have a good time. Moses buffs are crazy good and people are coming out with all sorts of awesome builds right now. i seen this Daka Bear one and I was like, well, I like that. So I did it. I got in the old Daka Bear now and I pop up, but I got to redo my whole spec because my Iron Bear currently doesn't uh, take the hits like she should because I didn't have her. I don't have her spec and or, you know, set up that way. But once I do that, it's... The damage is insane. It's so nice. So very, very happy. I hope they keep it around, but I do hear people rumbling saying it's not fair. It's a little OP. So I'll, I'll kind of watch and see what Gearbox decides on that one. Well, you mentioned Daka Bear. That was one of the skills they specifically buffed. There was some other Zane skill, but who even plays Zane? I don't think there's even a Zane gang or anything. So I didn't I pay any is. attention to that whatsoever. What I did pay a little bit of attention to in the new patch notes that dropped today, because those two buffs were in last week's, like, right after the show dropped kind of patch, they did enable those two formerly disabled Mayhem modifiers, Drone Ranger and, oh man, oh, Beyond the Bounds, something, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> if you were missing those, they're the ones that... You know, they, they disabled months ago and they were tweaking and, and trying to make sure they didn't break the game. They're back now. So find a way to break the game with those again and get them disabled once more. And they, there you go. That's, that's, that's what you do. Hey, that is what you do. And of course, if you don't know, they mentioned that with all the tweaks and all the stuff that they came around last week with the big patch that they're waiting right now. They're not going to touch much this week because they want to see the, all the numbers roll out with further playing, et cetera, and data, all that good stuff. So not much happening this week. Because they're just waiting. They don't want to just make hasty decisions and screw people over and get the community in an uproar. Very smart decision. In fact, I'd say you should probably wait a few weeks unless there's something just completely broken before you make any kind of big moves. Because, you know, if you tweak everything every five seconds, it doesn't really give the community a chance to figure out other builds and other routes to power and the other characters to keep everybody equal and fair. All you got to do is just play the exact same way that I play. Just just play Flak the exact same way that I do. Get your OPQ system. Never play any gun but Atlas. That's the ultimate thing. And then we got another Twitch Prime sub in the chat. Woo! Thank you, Code Cadwallader. Our buddy Steve, subscribe for four months. Oh, my goodness. What a cool Thank dude. You, we appreciate it, Steve. Indeed we do. Indeed we do. Song for you. Very nice. Oh, my God. 
and Scooty Puff Jr. won. Thank you as well. It's Justin. It's our buddy Justin. Yes. Thank you for the Twitch Prime sub. <laughs> Appreciate it, Scooty. Hope you're doing well in life over there in this COVID world. Hope you're yeah, doing dude. Great. I haven't seen I haven't seen him in geez like months, months upon months. Uh-huh. Like it was months before even this happened. So good to see you in the chat. Thank you for the prime sub. We absolutely appreciate it. <laughs> just like you guys are appreciating Eric's beautiful song. And just like <laughs> I'm appreciating that there were also in the patch notes a little bit of hot fixes and bug fixes. Nothing that affected me, but I appreciate I feel good for all of you who were affected by the bugs. Now you won't be anymore. It's just you got like a can of raid and you sprayed it on and now you now you now you're bug free. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. All you when you said that, it just brought me right back again, Matt, to just camping out. And the mosquitoes before the stupid <laughs> spraying and the caterpillar pooping on me. Okay? Mm-hmm. You brought me right back to that. And I said, man, I wish there were no bugs for that. That would have been a great time. And, th- and that brought me back to just two days ago. And I remember it was either last summer or the summer before. It was alive on the fives. I talked about when I went out to the mail and I reached in and I pulled out the stuff and oh. I just had a clump of ants in my hand. Mm-hmm. So every every time, now when the weather's hot, I walk out there and I go, is this the time? When I open up the mailbox and I look... And I don't see anything. And I reach in and I like take one piece out and I look. I I went up there today and I went, ah, it won't happen again. I took the mail out, like 10 ants just fell out. And I went, okay, this uh, it's happening again. It's happened today. <laughs> you let your guard down, Matt. That's what you should That's have right. never done. You know, <laughs> I get it the worst though because I'm telling you, they, they're tricky and they're little evil little things. Those centipedes. Mm. Every time, I, I always check my mailbox because I do not want to have a bunch of critter crawlers going all over me. So I constantly do the whole looky-loo. However, they don't just sit on top. They hide in between oh, yeah. the mail. They're so I grab it, and then I start walking back, and then I feel like like something going up my arm. like, And I'm like, what, am I sweating? And sure enough, it's always a centipede. Always. And I go, Wah! and I punch my arm. Get off of me. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't want this mail anymore. I, 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 I will take a whole handful of ants, like, crawling and crisping all over me. Other than one, I would take that over one centipede. I don't know why, but uh, centipedes are disgusting. Yeah, they are. They're, they're horrible creatures. I hate them. Ugh. Hate them. But what's not horrible, what we don't hate, was DLC 3, Bounty of Blood. It came out last week. You and I both played the crap out of it. I forgot to mention it in my What Did You Play? How Was It Going? I played it all, too. I I played through it all in basically one day because I got like that half hour playing the the day of last week's show and then I played through all the rest of it basically on I think it was Monday Tuesday I can't remember which one of the days that I had off played through all the rest of it loved it how about we just talk about some impressions how much did yeah. you like it did you like the story who'd you like who'd you hate go for it all Eric, right. start us off I'll start us off all right so intro mission Fun, cool beans. You know, you meet Rose. She's like, hey, stranger, I'm a stranger too. We're doing things. We're living a rough life out here. See, this is my devil sore. And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Who's Rose? Is this going to be like a character I hang out with? Neato. Let me follow you and hang out. She takes you around, gets you over to where you need to be. And she's like, hey, here's the here's the town you want to be at. Tell Sheriff I said hi and stuff. And you're like, all right. And at this time, you know, I figured, all right, okay, Rose is a bad guy. I get it. Something's wrong with Rose. Spoiler alert, everybody. We're going to be talking about uh, the DLC. So you already got one. If you don't want any more, you got to get out of here now. But, of course, you've all played it. You've all beaten it, I'm sure. So, anyways, that all happens. Sheriff, awesome character. The whole intro to him going into the bar and whatnot I thought was great. It was a lot of fun. That was amazing. That was the part that I didn't want to spoil 
before, how you get into an old-fashioned bar fight, and even the narrator was like, oh, man, the vault hunter came to town, and he he found himself in an old-fashioned bar fight, and he decided to handle this the old-fashioned way. And you get that bonus objective of just Uh melee three people, instead of just, you know, because your gun's always out in Borderlands, instead of just mowing everybody down in five seconds. It just it felt good to just be in a brawl, run up and punch some dude, run over and punch this other lady. I don't know. It was cool. It, it fit the vibe 100% perfectly. Yes, it did. It fit the vibe. The music was rocking. Everything was feeling really good about it. And, of course, you're looking, and just like in the last DLC, everywhere was already a whole bunch of awesome artwork. You saw all sorts of just immediately I was like, okay, it's time to start looking around. You know, I'm rubbing my paws together. And mm-hmm. even before anything goes, I'm looking at all the pictures. Of course, you see the Gearbox staff picture. And by the way, everybody on screen right now, you're, you're going to have, rah, you're going to stroke out because there's a whole bunch of flashing lights, just so you know. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to stream up. <laughs> this is the part when I told Matt we were going to stroke out, by the way, when we were playing. So anyways, got through all that, start on the missions, and this part was weird because it kind of, you hop out and then you can just start to see side quests out in the distance, but the way it had you going, you didn't have to go or do any of it. So you could kind of just beeline it through for the most part. So naturally, of course, I started sidelining and I started doing the side quests and everything, and they were a lot of fun, which we'll talk about more. I just well, you know, we're just going generalities real quick. I had fun with them. I thought the side quests were generally pretty cool. What did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed them for the most part. I appreciated how, you know, like you said, you could beeline the story mission, but then each side quest kind of took you over close to another side quest, it felt Uh like. It kept popping them up, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the side quests were like this big, long, looping thing, which was the only kind of negative I had about it was a couple of them just was like, all right, go over here, and then go over here, and then go around here, and then go all the way over there, and then come all the way back. Well, that was kind of like the oil baron one, right? Not an oil baron, not an oil baron. He had the doctor, uh, doctor what's-his-face. He was making the yeah, brew, yeah, yeah. killed the guy, blew him up, and the wife was like, what an idiot, sent mm-hmm, you on that yeah. quest. And you were killing, destroying all the reservoirs and stuff like that, which was a cool quest. But like you said, it had you going from this place way over to here, then way up over here. And I was like, man, this is like a lot of travel. And the other one that that stood out to me was the one where you buy like the, your next favorite gun, and it turns uh-huh. out to be like a piece of junk, and you're trying to get a refund because you got yeah, to go all help. the way out to get it, go all the way out to the guy, go all the way out to where he might be, meet a guy who wants you to go all the way over there so you can go all the way back to him, so then you can go fight the guy so you can go all the way back here and then go find another thing and come back here, and then you finally end the quest. It was kind of a lot, and I, I don't know, maybe that one just dragged on because it was getting to the end of that play session, and I was like, all right, once I finish this quest, I'm going to go get some lunch, I'm going to relax for a little bit, and it just kept going and going and going and going. And it was still now, fun, but it just it just kind of like, mm, come on, I'm ready. And actually, I enjoyed that quest. I had a lot of fun with it. Was it General mm-hmm. under Undergarments or whatever, you know, by the end of it? So yeah. he was he was cool, but I, the previous quest, that side quest, I really loved. I, I loved watching that man blow up, and you shoved mm-hmm. the needle right into his neck. I just thought yeah, that yeah. was great. Yeah, big giant needle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'll get back to that in a second because I got one thing to say about that one. But General Undergarments, dude, he just had an undershirt and full-on pants on. And what that's why I was he's, confused. He's like, I'm in my skivvies. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you're not, dude. You're wearing better pants than I probably am because I'm a robot. Exactly. Yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, yeah, you got you know the old skivvy shirt on or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's it. I was like, well, you look okay. I don't understand why you're all crazy about this. Whatever. You look better than most people in Borderlands. Mm-hmm. 
That's very true. That's that was a little weird, but I did like the the Quack Doctor quest that we were talking about because it gave me finally a grenade that is amazing. Like I get, I've gotten grenades that do better damage, but they don't have such good effects. I love that grenade. I used it all the way through the rest of the DLC. I know we we're gonna, we we're going to talk about weapons next time we talk about the DLC. Uh-huh. But if we mention that side quest, I can't not say that that's the best grenade that I've probably ever had in this game. Because if you don't know, you throw it out, and each and it bounces a couple times, and each time it does, it puts a giant, puts big a old cool, lake of cool fire lava. on the ground. Uh-huh. And then it also explodes when it hits somebody. So it's just, I would get into a big fight, Mr. Beef would run out, and I'd just be like, three grenades, and everything, all the health bars would just go, vroom, vroom, hit the yep. mic, whatever. I don't even care, because I'm, I'm so into it. Vroom. Everybody's dead. It's great. Yeah, I was using that sucker all the time as well because, like you said, you just throw a bunch out in their enemy's direction and it's popping lava all over the ground. They're still running at you, just taking massive damage, and then you mm-hmm. just clean them up. It was easy peasy. I hope to get a – I don't think I, when I got that I was max level because, of course, as you all know, I had to redo all my Borderlands crap too, so I wasn't at 60 by the time that already hit. Yep. So, unfortunately, I, I want to go read – Go through again so I can get that again because that's an awesome grenade. I agree with you on that. So speaking of awesome things, and we're talking about side quests, I can't not mention my buddy Soapy Steve and whatever the other guy who was trying to get revenge on Soapy Steve. That quest was amazing because of two things. Not only was it a cool quest about trying to give a guy too much of the best bath and it just being absolutely ridiculous, the whole ending of that quest is amazing. I won't spoil it for anybody. Not only is it an amazing quest, not only do you get a really fun bubble blaster gun out of it, which I used all the way through the rest of the DLC as well in certain situations, but this is where the narrator hit home 100% for me. He he stepped up to the plate and he hit a grand slam home run in the bottom of the ninth with three, three, you know, three and two and whatever, I don't know, baseball, geez louise. But this was the thing where you, you run up to a guy who's, you know, you run up to a dead body and you're like, oh man, here's a, here's a message in a bottle. And your vault hunter picks it up and goes, hmm, a message in a bottle. I wonder what it says. The narrator says something like, oh, the vault hunter checked it out. And by what was in the bottle, he learned where he needed to go next. And Flack immediately said, the message is corroded. I can't read this. And the narrator went, okay, just one time, I'll help you out. Here's what the message said. And it was perfect. It was everything I wanted it to be. I was loving the narrator the whole way through all my initial impressions of him just continued on through the rest of the DLC. But that fourth wall break right there made the narrator character for me. 100% absolutely fantastic. I will never forget that that side quest as long as I live just for that moment. I love narrators in anything. I love it when they break the fourth wall. Beautiful. Just mm, chef's kiss. Beautiful. And I love that part too for Moe's because Moe's was like, I don't want to read this. <laughs> and so the nice. narrator's like, Fine, I'll do it for you. <laughs> so that was awesome. good. But my favorite part with the narrator was actually during that whole uh, quest where you had to go destroy all the canisters that were brewing up all the stuff for the fake doctor. Mm-hmm. Back in that area, because he every time you went to a new area, he was like, he was like, and like you suspect from the Vault Hunter, wasn't just happy with taking care of business. Vault Hunter decided to do what they do best and murder everything and destroy everything. And I'm like, yes, perfect. I love it. I love it. <laughs> everything the narrator said regarding me, and I don't know if this was general or generic or if it was foremost, but always was just, and the Vault Hunter decided to murder everything. And I'm like, God, I love it. Every time he said it, I was like, yep, that's exactly what Thank you for making the decision for me because I'm going to do exactly that now. 
I mean, that, that sounds to me, you know, I'm not remembering exactly everything, but it sounds to me like it was tailored to Moe's okay. because there wasn't a lot of just, oh, well, the vault hunter just said screw it and shot everyone. It was kind of more, it was kind of more, not like logical, like, oh, I'm a robot logic, but it, it seemed more like, you know, Flax kind of a mellow character. He doesn't uh-huh. have like emotional spikes like that. So it felt, it felt more like an impartial narrator kind of, but he was still in Vault Hunter's head and saying, oh, Vault Hunter decided to go this way and thought this was cool and all that stuff. So yeah, nice. I, I love the narrator. Just, just amazing. So now I want to, before we get too far away, the Dr. Oletta or whatever, that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we meet her and we obviously, both of us were like, oh, okay, you know, she must have been working for the company beforehand. We put two and two together pretty quick and she wants right. to help us stop. And then, of course, later on, we find out that Dr. Oletta's, well, we suspect, well, from what we heard and read, that she's actually the mother to Rose. The grandmother. Is it the grandmother? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was the mother or the grandmother because of the, you know, the time jump and difference right, there. Right. But either way, it doesn't actually carry forward. So that mm-hmm. part kind of like was weird to me because I, I yeah. when they kind of told you what was going on, how that was all breaking down, I thought there was in the end scene, you'd get a scene with her and Rose confronting one mm-hmm. another or doing something and then you were going to help out, obviously. It didn't happen. None of that happened. So I, I, that part was weird to me. I don't know why I include her, but then not do anything with her. Yeah, that was definitely weird. They had no confrontation between each other. They were just like, oh, yeah, you should go stop Rose way over there. Uh-huh. And Rose would be like, oh, yeah, my grandma, blah, 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 blah. I don't think she ever even mentioned her by name. And I, I kept waiting for, like, Oletta to betray you or, like you said, have a final confrontation. Like, that's not what I trained you that way for or or anything. And it just kind of went, Whew. I feel like the disconnect there kind of extends to Rose as a character for me. Because she's with you at the start and she turns evil. But I felt like then she just was on the Echo the whole time. I never saw her again until the last battle. So the end when you see her running and, you know, through the doors and stuff for the most part. Yeah. I was like, she see, she needs to be a character because anytime she was on screen, especially like in that last cut scene where you see like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the big thing comes out and all that stuff, we'll spoil it when we get there. But I was like, wow, she's such a compelling looking character. And uh-huh. they, they like shot her scenes so well, like the, you know, when she kind of like looks up from under her hat brim like I'm doing now. And it's and you know does the whistle and all that stuff. I was like, she's so cool. Why isn't she just right in front of my face all the time and having like little cutscenes or like in-game interactions? But she was always just, hey, get that bounty hunter. He's after me. Here, have a wave of goons. I was like, but where are you? Yeah, that that I thought was really strange because I was hoping, and I don't know the way it was set up. I, I was hoping that we were gonna get the devil riders and her riding in occasionally while you're in the middle of a quest or whatever. And just come yeah. in and just try to just jump you. And then, of course, you'd shoot her a few times, and then she'd probably say something along the lines of what well, she did in the echo, you know, the the whole the voice. But instead, you'd actually see her. After you hit her a few times, she'd be like, oh, boys, handle this scumbag or whatever. And then it will ride off by herself into the distance and disappear. But either way, that's kind of what I was hoping for because, like you said, she's an awesome-looking character. And then the devil sword spoiler that she killed in the very beginning was super cool-looking. So mm-hmm. if they just gave her another one to have riding and then have her and her boys and gals come riding in, screwing you over here and there randomly, that, I think, would have really been, like you said earlier, a chef's kiss and really just made that character way uh, more integral, in my opinion, to the story. 
Or, or like you said, even just have her be part of the raids that happen on the town. Because there's like two or three raids, mm-hmm. but it's all no-name characters. Just, oh, here comes some Rotor dudes and a couple, you know, vandals and bandits, and that's it. And they, I don't know, for me, they never felt like a real threat. Like, I got the story. Like, they raid the town, and, you know, they're they're always after, you know, they're always hassling the people of the town. But it happened twice, and I drove them away like nothing. It didn't, it didn't. I don't know. They're they're in the overarching story. They did good. They did a good job building the world and the story, but for for you know not seeing Rose there, not seeing the bandits like all the time physically coming into my space and threatening me, I was always just out. Hey, go go beat that camp over there full of dudes. I don't know. I, I felt it could have been more impactful if, like you said, they were coming in raiding, you know, hitting you up just on the roadside. Just oh, here here they come. Here's a whole posse of them coming coming through. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. They made her look fantastic. She sounds fantastic. Everything about her was awesome. You know, she and a lot of people uh, on the Twitter and whatnot said the same thing I was thinking too. Her and Scarlet are freaking awesome. Would make like a perfect team and, and team up at some point. Which, of course, leads me to the last point with, with her, Rose, is that they at least leave it open. They say, hey, you know what? You took care of the problem, but hey, where'd Rose go? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And that gives me the hope that they're setting something up for later with her grandmother and her or with her and any other characters or as some people were saying on Twitter, which, you know, I got my fingers crossed, a pre-sequel sort of deal where you get to play oh, as yeah. Rose. That would be super yeah. freaking awesome. So I'm, I'm happy that this sounds like they're putting her in their back pocket to maybe use at a later date and time for something else because it's, she's a wonderful character and I, I would hate to see her just come and go on this one DLC never to be used again. And especially since we both agree that we wish she'd have been used even a little bit more, and she wasn't. Absolutely. I can't, I can't say it any better than that. No. If they do some kind of pre-sequel thing, she's a perfect character. Because, I mean, in that last boss fight, she's got all kinds of cool abilities. The leap and, like, the sword surround uh-huh. thing and all all the other stuff. And just, obviously, she's she's a gunner, too, so she she would have cool gun abilities. Man, man now I just want to play Borderlands 3, the pre-sequel. Wouldn't that be awesome? God bless it. Yeah. So... Speaking of characters, what about Titus Juno? I like the story that they told with them. I mean, uh-huh. it's a, it's a traditional story. You're the outsider. We can never trust you. You and then you know by the end of the story, they trust each other. I liked that. It's a, it's a good story. It's a cool story. Like by the ending, when he was like, "Oh, come on, sheriff, we got to go," and I was like, "Oh yeah, you did it. Cool." But the characters themselves, they didn't really stand out to me. Like Juno's just a big bruiser character. And she runs around with you like twice, and Titus is just kind of like a dude. I don't know. They didn't have as much impact for me as Rose, the villain, which isn't a bad thing. But especially today when I saw those Juno concept arts on my on the art station on my phone, I was like, whoa, she could have looked so much – not that she looks bad, but she could have looked so much cooler and more engaging. And I'd be like, oh, man, what's Juno got to do You know, with the shaved head and the big – or the uh-huh. big giant like super buff version? So I liked him in general, but they didn't really stand out to me. What do you think? Well, first off, I liked I liked the way it went. I liked how they made it so Titus wasn't just a, a doofus. You know, he he's kind of a not a prick, but just a little off. But I was worried. I was like, okay, they're gonna turn him into a traitor, or do something stupid with him, you know. And they didn't do any of that. It was I liked how they kept him together. He was a solid deputy, did what he was supposed to do, handled business, and carried it through all the way to the end. Which I appreciated because so many times, you know, one of them ends up being a traitor and, you know, oh, you got to screw him or, you know, kill him or get rid of him or whatever. Didn't do it. And then Juno started off strong for me. 
when she came down when you meet her and she's got her hatchets out or whatever, her butcher blades, and she's just going to town. I'm like, oh, okay, this is it. This is, we're going to get to business. She's going to probably be with us on a few missions. She's going to run around like a crazy person just murdering, and I'm going to laugh and chuckle. It's going to be great. It didn't happen. I was sad about it. I really wanted to get her on my team a lot more and do stuff with her instead of just a lot of, you know, the meet, meet her someplace, do something with her, and then she takes off again. So that part made me sad because I enjoyed her a lot. I was like, okay, I like this idea of her just being this crazy, you know, person just murdering everything, taking care of business, but on the good side instead of the bad side. And it turned out where they kind of just were like, oh, you know, no, she's just, you know, trying to help you do what you need to do and letting you do all the killing instead and then just getting you to the end game to take out Rose. But along the way, like I said, they did the whole storyline with Titus, which I did appreciate. And I'm glad that those two ended up, like you said, the mutual respect and and it carries forward to where if they ever do a second DLC in this area or any storyline here, you'll see those two working together and we can move forward from that position and have a good time, hopefully. And I think that's the the perfect segue to the one problem I have with the DLC. It's not a problem, but I mentioned it to you. When I was done... I, now, I did play through it on a day off, so I put in a lot of hours. Pro- I probably put in more hours than it felt like, but it felt like this DLC was just over in, a, in the blink of an eye. Obviously, you and I played for like an hour and a half. I played for maybe two hours before that, and like two hours after that, and then it was done. Like I felt like there was so much more I wanted to do in that world. I wanted to, you know, walk around the town and each shop that opened because we didn't talk about that when you're rescuing characters from the side missions. They'd say, "Oh, I'm going to go back to town and open a, a aquarium shop or whatever it was," and so they w- it would pop open the shop there. What I really wanted was to, after you finish the DLC and get congratulations, here's your loot, see the credits, listen to the awesome song. I wanted to walk back through town and see exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. It's like, oh, I left my stuff back at the old hidey hole where you rescued me from, or I dropped my thing. Go on back there and do it. But I turned around and there were no more exclamation marks on the map. And I went, oh, well, I, I guess I'm done. I don't want to go back to normal Borderlands 3. Not that there's anything bad in there, but... I wanted to spend a lot more time in that old Western Eastern world. And it felt, it felt too short. Maybe it's not too short. Like I said, maybe I played through it a lot more than I realized, but it felt like it was over too soon. I want more of it. That's basically my, my beef is I want more and there's not more right now. I felt like it was a decent size. I think overall it was more along the lines of eight, nine hours to be. And so to me that felt about right. And just so everybody knows, I think I still have two side quests that I have to wrap up. I beat the game, but I think there was a couple of them I didn't get through, like uh, going and checking on Titus's old pet. I didn't do that one, so I got to go back and talk with uh, Oletta or whatever, and then follow her to where she oh, has yeah, the yeah. pet at. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that one. Yep. And I also didn't get every single uh, the books, the artifact books oh, that yeah, tell the yeah. story. I need to finish finding those, and then of course the films, as you already mentioned, I didn't get all the films. I got a, I got a couple of them, but I didn't get all of them. So finding those is going to take me a little bit of time. Getting the rest of that's going to take me a little bit of time. Wrapping up a side quest or two, and I'm glad you mentioned the town. You know, they they talked about how the town's going to change a little bit here and there every time you do a side quest and get someone to go back there. I thought that was a really cool idea, a lot of fun. I was interested to see it. Here's the thing, though, I was so busy getting through the game. I never went back to town, not once. Still to this day, <laughs> at beating it, I have not gone back to town. Well, that's 
not true true because of course that's where you end up but you know what i mean i didn't go turn around and go explore and talk to all the uh individuals and see what they were saying and doing but it was super late and i had to go to bed and then now i'm here doing the show so i'll get back in there and take a peek at that but like you and this is a testament to the dlc i think i wanted more i want more and more and more and more I really, really hope, as where I used to hope that Athena's would get added onto and Quest would be added there and things like that. I hope that this DLC doesn't just stand still and go nowhere and just act on its own as a DLC that never gets touched again. I hope that they add in quests, takedowns, whatever it is, things like that to this area for me to come back to, hear the narrator, see Juno, hang out with Titus, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a perfect place for a takedown. There's a whole new bandit nest over here. You got to go through this whole unexplored cavern, you know, to get there and go through all the caves and all this other stuff. It would be perfect for at least that. I just, I just want more content on that world. I hope that maybe with DLC four, when you're going into crazy, like split vision, you know, parallel universe world, maybe you visit all the planets again. That, that'd be a pie in the sky idea. But when you're talking about Athena's getting built onto, it's like there's a lot of small areas in this game, whether it's the DLCs or Athena's or even Necrotofeo to some degree, there's not a lot going on there. I would love for them to just, for a big final DLC or a big final addition to the game, just push a lot of side quests there. Like maybe there's another, you know, maybe to get Lilith back, you have to go collect pieces of power from every, you know, one of the big planets in the galaxy to, you know, find a, find a special kind of vault key and then have new areas or new enemies and new quests all peppered throughout all of them to kind of, wrap up your Borderlands 3 experience with just visiting all your favorite places with all your favorite friends, and especially and especially this DLC place, especially going back to Gehenna, riding on that crazy mount again. Uh-huh. Maybe by that time, they've tamed the devils, and the actual good guys are riding the devils, and you can ride one for yourself for like a, you know, a cutscene time. Oh man, that'd be great. There's a lot of possibilities, yeah. I'm just pie in the sky in it all the way here. Hey, maybe they'll just send me a million dollars in gold bullion. Maybe that'd be great too. Wow, gee. Hey, well, you know what they are going to do for sure is they're going to have a raid boss, world raid boss called the Meat Man, which I love that side quest, by the way. If you if you haven't done it, it's towards the end. you got to go off a little side path. You'll see a crazy lady there. She takes you on the quest. Go do it. A lot of fun. A lot of old little uh, audio logs to get the whole story down. They set it up. It's for sure going to happen. You're going to come back to this DLC, and they're going to have a world raid boss, the Meat Man, somewhere hidden in some shadow corner. And he's going to, when you get to him, if you're Moses, he's going to have like the Moses hat on and whatever. If you're, you know, Flack, you're going to have some kind of Flack robot head. It's going to be goofy. It's going to be great. I'm definitely no, I definitely know. I'm going to talk to my sources at Gearbox. They're going to go, yes, Eric, it's a fantastic idea. And they're going to do it. So you set me up for a perfect segue, but are we done with the DLC? Yeah, for now. We should be done with the DLC. Because I, I, there's more to talk about, but I want to incorporate some of that into the next thing when we're talking about guns and stuff. So so speaking of your inside sources and Gearbox, oh man, over these last 100 episodes, because this is Third Shift episode 200, we've had 100 episodes since our last big hoorah celebration of us and how cool we are, and we've talked to... All kinds of new characters. I was just, I was thinking about, I was like, man, what have we done since episode 100? Oh, we talked to Joe King. We talked to Jim Ferranda. We talked to Randy Varnell. We actually met Jim Ferranda in person, shook his hand and saw him with our eyeballs and spoke to him with our mouths. All kinds of crazy stuff has happened in the last 100 episodes. 
What are some what are some great memories for you, Mister Eric? What are some some favorite nuggets from the last hundred episodes? Oh my goodness! Because oh we can't we can't end episode two hundred without saying how great we are and what a great time it's been. Well, one personally for me is sort of recent. It was our first con, not the one where we met Jim Frona, which was fantastic and a great memory. Don't get me wrong, but the first con we went to because I've I've never gone to cons or done any of that kind of stuff before. I'm not I don't generally like being around a ton of people, uh, you know. But I was like, you know what, this sounds cool, we gotta do it. So we go there, and we set up, the, we had these stupid stick figures <laughs> with Elisa and Randy Pitchford, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're over here in Jim Fronda, and, and we're taking pictures of them with, you know, all three of them doing this. We even went to a little empty table with a trash can sitting there, and then we put up our sign like it was our booth and took pictures, and mm-hmm. it was so dumb, so ridiculous, <laughs> Felt like a complete fool standing there in the middle of this con with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people walking all by me, and we're over here taking uh-huh. selfies like, you know, children. Uh, <laughs> so good. I love that memory. It was a great time. Plus, since it was like the first con I've ever really went to, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. And then it kind of, you got the taste in my mouth. And then immediately after, we just went ahead and decided to go to the Yumacon, which is where we met Jim. And now I want to go to more and more and more, but COVID's destroyed the world, and I can't, and I'm sad. Yeah, those were those were two awesome memories. Just the, I, I think I've been to like a couple comic conventions when I was a kid, but to be into like a, here's something that I'm super into as an adult, and like, oh man, are we gonna be weird? We're just uh, two fellas going in, and then just being in a whole arena of dorks like us felt good. Like you said, doing the silly, <laughs> doing the ridiculous heads on sticks things, getting actual responses from Elisa and Jim about those, uh-huh. and then. And then even better for me was when we did meet Jim at Yomacon and walking up and him turning around and going, hey, it's Third Shift. Obviously, he'd been on the show. He'd seen our faces and we were wearing our Third Shift shirts. But like, here's someone famous from a game that we play and we love and adore, a whole series of games now, a whole bunch of games. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's you guys. I know who you are. Hey, hug and shake hands and take pictures and sign you know, our posters. His, his signature is right there. It's probably glaring from the light so you can't see it it felt it felt like we'd actually accomplished a thing like third shift is actually a thing because this this famous voice actor knows us it was i don't know it was it was kind of mind-blowing i was like wow we've we've actually done it we did it and then of course don't forget matt we met we met john st john we did well he had no idea who we were though so it was a little bit different but (laughs) but yes we did meet him his signature's up there by the tip he was he that was an awkward, fun one, though, because it's like, hey, we know you real well because, of course, we stalk you and listen to what you say on Twitter and all this other good stuff and have played, of course, all the Duke Nukems, but you don't have a clue who we are. Hey, man, you're so cool. Yeah, you guys are cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know about Nuke and Duke, huh? Huh? You know about Nuke and Duke, John St. John? No, don't I have don't no even say that. Don't even say about. that. So can't get no <laughs> Uh, you know, another time I love is when we were sitting and uh, decided we would stream us eating a bunch of weird Japanese food, you know. Oh, yeah. That was another weird, weird fun time that's a good memory for me. Just, this is really strange to do this, but you know what? Fun at the same time and also disgusting because most of that candy tasted terrible. Not most of it, just a few. Some were, they were, they were just like fruity kind of, you know, chocolate flavors. They were, they were fine. Eric. It, I thought it was cool because I've seen people do that from forever on YouTube. To, to, so to actually have it and just be like, oh man, I think this is what this says, or that's what this says. And I think this is maybe what it means. And then trying it out. That was a lot of fun. 
And just a, that's an actual good, like, third shift memory, like the whole team kind of memory before it all fractured and splintered off. And speaking of which, one of my good memories, I was looking back through the Patreon to see, because I put up, you know, questions for episode this and that, trying to figure out where exactly all the guests fell. And I was, I was driving through the Patreon and I went, Hey, look, there's that alien, that, that like alien series, what you plan that I put together where, you and I got killed by the alien and I went crazy and I, I found all the alien sound effects and the spaceship sound effects and put that all together. And I was like, man, I've had so much fun, especially over the last hundred episodes. Cause that's when that started up, obviously just putting together weird sound things, mixing music together. I did something special for the intro of this episode, you know, and I'm not professional. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But when I, when I put something together and it sounds really cool and I listen to it, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I walked after I did this, the intro to this episode, I walked around the house going, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I listened to it like 50 times. That's something that's come around in the last hundred episodes. Just, you know, us, us taking something we normally do, like the what you're playing or the shifter monthly topic, theming it, finding all the right music and sound effects and, you know, your performance, my performance, melding it all together into this whole kind of like, not like soundscape, like I'm a professional guy, but I don't know. That's just something that's just, it's, it's come up over these last hundred episodes. And it's just, man, I want to do more of it. If we had more free time and didn't have to work jobs that, you know, take up all our time, that'd be something I'd like to do a lot more. We could do all kinds of, you know, I could find the music from the DLC that's out now and just put that underneath our DLC conversation. And oh man, put voice lines from the characters in, in the little pauses in between or something. Man. Oh, love that stuff. Like you and that boat, I'm in the same way with, and of course goes without saying, is the interviews. You know, like you said, getting Joe King, Jim Fronda, Randy Varnell on here, and of course before that, Ash, and then of course, you know, longtime listeners, Sean and Joe Zos. I love that stuff. You know, it builds it builds character, allows you to meet new people and just learn how to just interact and talk with them to help, you know, conversate and get out the information that you're hoping that they, they're going to talk about. Just the whole the whole thing behind having a conversation with somebody like that over a podcast, super cool. I'd love to do it more, but like you said, because of real life, you know, it takes prep, it takes time, and as fun as it is, it's also stressful because you don't want to, you know, you know, you don't want to screw up, you don't want to mess up, and you're talking to somebody whom you admire and thinks really cool, that kind of thing. So between those two things, it takes time in between getting them. But if if I had more time and and all the resources, of course, as well. I would love to do more and more of those interviews because they're just a blast. And no matter what, when all this is over someday in the 90-year future, those kind of things are always going to be like huge glowing points for me in our third shift record. I mean, we've seen the faces, so I won't say like putting faces to the names, but putting personalities to the faces and the names that we know. Like when we got Joe King on, we had a great interview with him, talked a lot with him on the podcast. But then when we went off air and we we're like, hey, Joe, can you give us some advice? What are you thinking about with this and that? What direction should we go? And he just he sat down with he didn't have to do it. He sat down with us, just a cool, chill dude and was like, hey, guys, look, if you're trying to do this, I suggest this. If you're trying to do that, but you're not really feeling it, I would suggest trying to go this way. And same thing with Jim Ferranda, totally cool dude. When we met him, he was just super chill, regular old dude. Same thing with Randy Varnell. He could be some, you know, I wouldn't expect him to be some like highfalutin guy, but he's like, you know, the head of creative stuff over there at Gearbox. And he was just, he sat down and just told us his whole story and hung out with us, told us about his book, got the sneak peek on that. And now we're, you know, we're beta readers on the book too. Just 
having a connection with those people that otherwise you're just like, oh yeah, he's the guy on that stream over there. But he came on our show and talked to us, not only for the show, but then outside of the show too, after the show, before the show, at a con when we met him. It's just fantastic. It's just, it feels good because in this, in this world of no connection with people and social distancing, we connected with some people, Eric. That's you know, right. we did it. We did. And it's, and it's awesome. You know, it's not something everybody gets to do. And, you know, because you can't just walk up to a person and say, hey, let me talk to you. Well, you got to have a platform. You got to mm-hmm. have a reason. You got to have, there's got to be something there. And because we've stuck with the show, we've done it so long and we're going to keep continuing to do it so long. We've, we've got that reason. We've got a way to communicate with people that we admire and want to talk to, even though we don't do it often, but we at least have an outlet somewhere, you know, that we can bring them and talk to them and do that. So definitely awesome. Hope to do it more because for me, that really just is the, uh, the, the candle on the cake when it comes to my memories with Third Shift and what we've done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of talking to people, speaking of people we love, we got all kinds of good congratulatory messages for episode 200. Now, because of the way we have it set up, there's no real good way to play it on the live stream here. So you will have to tune into the podcast to hear the voice messages from some of our awesome people who contributed, you know, congratulations, good job, how you doing kind of stories. But I do have two uh, actual like text messages. One is not specifically for episode 200, but it's from one of our patrons, Joe DeSano, who sent it through, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I didn't, I keep forgetting to read it on the air. So he, I mean, it's a simple message. He just says he's been listening and thanks. It's a great distraction during the lockdown. So thanks to you, Joe. I always love it when fans of the show write in, whether it's tweeting at us, DMs, email like Joe did on the Patreon, you know, in the comment section. It's always nice to hear from fans. It's nice to connect with people who like what you're doing. It feels good. So if you like what we're doing, let us know because that feels good too. Thanks, Trey. It does. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you, of course. That goes without saying, but we say it anyway because y'all need to hear it because you know, it feels good. We appreciate all of you. And we especially appreciate our patrons, one of which SLBSRD also wrote in to say, looking forward to 200 more episodes. Always entertaining, funny, and informative. Have been listening from the start and a Patreon supporter. Have a great 200th episode. Well, I think we did have a great 200th episode, if I do say so myself. I do say so as well. It was fun, calm, chill, great time, and I appreciate that. We love doing the show. We're going to keep doing the show. And I'm glad that there's people out there who listen, watch, etc., who also enjoy it, because that's the whole reason we're doing it, by golly. Absolutely. And, of course, now it's time to hear your beautiful voices, except not live here on the stream, only in podcast form. we got three coming at you. I think one of these is a voice you're going to recognize. One is one of our longtime, one of our longest supporting patrons, and one is one of our oldest listeners and a dude that we, we, we know and we cherish and we love and adore. And he also did send through a five-star story. We actually have a five-star story from a fan. We've been begging for it since episode one, it feels like. Look at that. Episode 200, we get it. But we finally got it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to stick that after the outro or like after the credits part before the music or if I'm going to stick it here. Hey, Third Shift, congratulations on your 20th show. 200. What? Not 20. 200th show. There are two zeros in it. Well, that's not a very nice thing to say about them. <laughs> oh, you are so stupid. Hey, Third Shift, this is Steve Kedwalder wishing you a wonderful 200th episode. Uh, you guys have been going strong for four years, and I love your episodes all the time. I never miss one. 
um, to Eric, the Lightbringer. Um, I don't know how you managed to be a lightning rod for all that goes wrong in the world. Chaos, destruction to seem to follow you, seem to just hone in directly to you. But I do believe that Matt, the inglorious bastard, owes you a debt of gratitude that you absorb all that chaos so he can lead such a peaceful, carefree life. I uh, can't wait for you guys to get your food line opened up. I'm still waiting for that million dollar check to show up in the mail so I can forward it right on to you guys because I would love to see that. I would come visit, hang out there all the time. Um, beyond that, I wanted to offer this one parting nugget of information. It's a secret to all podcast success. Have a great 200th episode, guys. Hey, guys, I just wanted to offer congratulations on your 200th episode. What a milestone. And I'd like to offer my thanks for each and every one of them. I've so enjoyed all the information, and I laughed so hard. You guys are extremely entertaining. Seriously. And the, oh, my, I love the five-star stories. In fact, I wanted to share one with you that my grandpa told. Gather around, everybody. I want to read you the tale entitled The Five Stars of Third Shift. Long ago, two young men had a dream, a dream they shared with others. For some of those they shared their vision with, the belief in the dream was real, and they wanted to help the two men. Together they set forth to begin their journey into a new realm of sound and adventure. So began the tale of Third Shift. Third Shift started out strong. The two men were able to project their voices into the ether to inform and entertain all those who had the sense to listen to their wise words regarding all things Gearbox. The results of which enabled heroes to better assess their situations and improve their chances for success. All was well for the two men. Because of their efforts, evil was thwarted at every turn. Peace was restored to countless worlds and their people knew happiness in their daily lives. This in turn gave Third Shift great happiness. Yet in that happiness, the seed of arrogance had been planted. They had helped so many, fought so many battles, gloried in so many victories, that they began to feel like a power unto themselves, a power that would soon be challenged by the anger of the podcast gods. These mortals have forgotten the gift that was bestowed to them. It was I who allowed their voices to be heard. It was through me that they are able to touch the hearts and minds of so many. Your contribution is as nothing compared to my own. I alone planted the seed of inspiration that started them down this path. You are both wrong. What is inspiration or the ability to be heard without the ability to act? It was I who gave them that. The courage to look past the unknown and move forward. The determination to overcome obstacles and let that seedling of a dream take root and blossom into reality. It was my influence that made all of this possible. We have all given of ourselves. Through our actions, we have made the path they walk and in turn have helped countless others. Yet for all of that, what gratitude have we been shown? What praises have been offered us? Those we have helped now look to third shift. They now only see the tools we have forged and not the hands that wield them. What shall we do? They must be brought down, reminded of their proper place, and punished for their conceit. 
To what end? If we dispose of the tools we use, how will our work continue? Destroying them now will only create fear of us and not the praise and adulation we rightly deserve. Other tools can be made. True. When the spade is blunted, there are only two things to do. Sharpen the old or replace it with the new. In this case, the old is beyond the point of renewal. Let us go forward with the new and quietly discard the old. In this way, there will be no fear of us, and the exaltations will belong to us once more. You have forgotten that once a gift is given, it is theirs for better or worse. It cannot be taken back. We must get them to relinquish it or lose it entirely. We have to diminish them so completely that they no longer hold the attention of the people. When they are forgotten, they will know their place, and once remembered, the punishment can begin. How can this be done? By your very suggestion, let us forge new tools for our people. We shall make them the equals of third shift. So it was. New podcasts were forged and sent hurling towards third shift like asteroids from deep space towards an unsuspecting planet. Yet while some damage was done, some people lost, third shift did not perish. They embraced the new challengers and welcomed them into the Gearbox community. In so doing, the landscape changed with the introduction of Nirvana, Soulless Scientist, The Borderland Show, Heralds of Minrick, and Gearbox News Network, making the world of Gearbox a more diverse and beautiful place. How can this be? Even with the new, the old still lingers on. Third Shift is not forgotten. They have suffered losses. One of their group has left. The others will fall as well. We need only find a new approach. Let me inspire you with this little thought. Instead of adding more podcasts, we withdraw something instead. I understand now. If we cannot get to the roots, we can deprive them of water, thus weakening and in time removing the problem. I believe I understand what you mean. Let's get Randy Pitcher to change the company's direction. Instead of creating new games, he'll only publish them. This will in turn slow down any new content for Third Shift to report on. Exactly. So, in the year of 2016, Gearbox gave the world the Homeworld Remastered Collection as their first published release. With this change, Gearbox knew slowed to a crawl. One by one, these podcasts fell into oblivion, crying out once or twice and then falling silent. Yet all the while, Third Shift was able to carry on. They explored new and strange places like Conjecture Land and Realism Rock. They encountered new friends along the way like Joe King, Jim Verona, Ash Lyons, Randy Varnell, Joe's O's, and Sean H., they added new segments like Talk About Your Week, Talented Tuesday, and Live on the Fives, proving for all the world that Third Shift is not only a power to themselves, but that they have power to spare, power enough to bring forth IG2G. Your plans have failed us. We created new podcasts, and what was the result? They were weakened but resilient, losing only one of their number. Then we tried to choke them out by reducing the content that feeds them. To what effect? They thrived, claiming to absorb the power from the podcast that fell from our restrictions and channeling them into something new. Twice we have failed, and their arrogance only grows. How do you account for this? Account for this? 
account for this? I only inspired them. It was you who gave them their voice. It was you who gave them the power to touch the hearts and minds of the people. So why do you look for fault with me? Your claim to them was not so insignificant when they first began. And now look how you distance yourself. So be it. Your involvement is of little importance. What does your fellow have to say, I wonder? Will you also claim your participation was so minuscule that I alone must bear this weight? You know what we did, that we did together. There is no one here who can be condemned by their actions in this. No, not even you. Though you look to denounce one of us for third shift, you will only find that we are all to blame. I can find no argument in that. We started out in crafting third shift so that we may aid others. We have tried twice to remind them of their true power, and in our kindness, we have been too forgiving. In our next endeavor, we should strive to use harsher measures. To that I say, yes, no more podcasts, no more content. Let's take away all that we can and let's see just how powerful they really are. We shall place them so deeply into an informational void that they will be crushed by it. Third shift will fall. Thence fell the heaviest blow. Third shift was left starving for gearbox news. Weeks would go by with nothing to show for it, and in time, another member of third shift would fall. Still, the dream of third shift did not die. Despite all the hardships and obstacles placed before them, the two young men persevered. With their vision before them, they found that they could take power from those who fell around them. By absorbing IG2G back into third shift proper, they could sustain themselves. Their love of gaming, and by extension, their love of the gaming community gave them all that they needed to inspire each other, to take action and continue onward no matter what, and finally, to share that love by communicating it through entertainment and information. In short, They were truly a power unto themselves now. With all that we've done, Third Shift has proven that the gifts we have given them have not been squandered. Time and time again, they have proved worthy. Yes, we gave them much in the hopes that they would be of aid to others. But we forgot about the driving force behind that aid and how important it really is. It was their love of gaming their love for the community and their love for entertainment that has made them so great. How should we honor them for their stewardship of our gifts and our lesson relearned? I have the answer to that. We shall present them a single star for each gift given and one for both men. These will be eternally united, bound together in the love of gaming we all share. And in this way, we too shall share in their glories. So, the next time you peer across that vast space known as the internet, look around, and you will see the five stars of Third Shift. A star for inspiration, for action, for communication, and a star for the greatest man to ever live, Matt, and one for the Lightbringer himself, Eric. However, this story is far from over. You too have a part to play. Remember this tale. Listen to Third Shift and be a hero in your world. And in that moment of victory, leave a five-star review for the men who helped make this possible. Wait, wait, everybody. There's morals. There's always a moral to the story.
and I forgot to impart the biggest one. And that is, after 200 episodes, Randy Pitchford, third shift, really deserves five stars. So what are you waiting for? Give it to him now. And if people who are just following, like Glory H. Sinclair, if they don't know how to contact us, if you guys want to send us any further, any late congratulations on episode 200, if you guys have got any questions, any comments and concerns, if you just want to say hi to us anytime when we're not here live on the fives, you can do that via email at thirdshiftme at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at thirdshiftme or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us over there on the Facebook. You can also find us over at Patreon. We treat it just like a little old tip jar. You like what we're doing, you want to support us, help us out in any way, shape, or form, consider heading over there, throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, as Matt says, will get you all the cool patron stuff. You get to hear about what we're talking about in our real lives, whatever it is we decide to talk about and do. That'll be there for you. If you cannot throw money our way, hey, you know what? I understand. The world's tough. Times are tough. Even without all the despair and craziness in the world, you can support us in so many other ways, like as, once again, Matt said, hey, give us a five-star story. We, we've been begging those forever. We finally got one. I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be the most beautiful, epic thing in the entire world. It's going to be glorious. But you can do that. You can go to Twitch, subscribe, follow us over here, where we're chilling out, hanging out. If you got the Amazon Prime, that's a free $5 subscription. You could also go ahead and do the Facebook likes, five-star ratings over on the iTunes. All that gets us up in the charts. You know the deal. All these things, mailbag letters, comments, anything, and all the stuff, any interaction is wonderful, makes us feel good, hopefully makes you feel good. Consider it. Consider it. Absolutely. And consider listening to our very next episode. Because though this is episode 200, we're not going to, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep on going and we're going to stop it at some weird dumb number like 237. So, So keep an ear out for episode 201, which will be coming at you next week by or at on or around july 10th and you can find that episode on itunes on stitcher on podbean on spotify and on youtube as i always say if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out please give us a like a rating a review a comment a subscription any kind of good thing on any of those good services especially twitch right here if you're live on the fives with us give us a follow give us a prime sub just watch me when i'm playing games and come hang out with me it's a great time twitch.tv slash third shift me all the things we adore they help us out and we really do appreciate it Indeed we do. We appreciate those five-star ratings. I already told you it gets us up in the metrics, makes us feel glorious, and tells iTunes that we're special. And we want to be special, folks. Don't you want us to be special? Because I want us to be special. So please, five-star ratings and maybe a five-star story someday. But not today, because we got to go away and go to sleep, okay? That's right. (laughs) I got to edit all this stuff into a cohesive podcast and put all the good stuff in. So until next time, viewers on Twitch, listeners at home, there's nothing else to say but. Don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you. Tune in. We're still going to be around next time. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm, 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 mm.